Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Exit Channel 80, and your smart speakers. You heard that call, News Radio WBBM. By the way, anytime a guest stops by to hang out with us, they're hey. here thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. <laughs> Hey, Freddie, you think that fool went down real good in his household last night? You, you know what it is? I, <laughs> even if it did, Keyshawn and Chris, it was pretty a, a bitter turkey to swallow because he knows he's going to be out at the end of the year when it comes to Matt Nagy, and that can't be easy, especially when people worried about if you're going to lose your job no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what happened against the Detroit Lions. No, he, he, he felt wasn't. good to get a win, man, no matter – no matter if you get fired or not, okay. you just won, so you could at least feel good for a day. Well, I mean, coaches, you know how it is. All they want to do is win games. Yeah, that, that's He'll fair. worry about getting fired when he gets fired. Yeah, I'm with Key on that one, man. Five straight games where you lost to actually have a game where you win mm-hmm. and not let that, not let your sixth loss be to the winless Detroit Lions. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure yesterday was a pretty good day for Matt Nagy and the Nagy household coming off of that weekend where his kids – Heard the fire Matt Nagy chance at the state playoff game that they were in. Wow. It probably felt really good after all of the rumors early on this week. Like, for Matt Nagy to not have to worry about getting fired this weekend, that, that's a win for them, even though we all know he's going to be fired sooner rather than later. Well, 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 food or not, Matt Nagy, you didn't lose to the Lions. They're still winless in the season. You break that losing streak like Chris and Keyshawn mentioned. Matt Nagy, tell everybody, how do you feel about what's going on around you? So what I care about are these players and coaches. That's what I care about because they're the ones that are out there sacrificing all their time and energy to get this win. They, they deserve this. Um, when you lose five games in a row, I've been telling you this whole time you want to go one and out. That's it because you never know what can happen from there. And so when there's distractions, which is in every sport, in all facts of life, there's always going to be distractions. It's how you handle them. And again, we got the win today and it could have went a lot of different ways. But the reason why we got the win is because of how they handled the distractions. Again, that's that's where, to me, when you're in this business and you lead people, uh, it's my job to make sure of honest and open communication. That's where, for me, I just, I just can't tell you how much this win means today to me because of what they did. There are distractions, and then there was that that he and the Chicago Bears had to deal with. And the New York Giants, they were not devoid of distractions as well. So, Key, I'll start with you, and Chris, you can weigh in. Both of these teams, the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears, they're going to be making some decisions in the offseason. They already made them already. With the Giants moving on from Jason Garrett, they're probably going to move on from Dave Gettleman. Joe Judge will know about him as a head coach. Chicago Bears, they may blow up the whole situation. Other than the quarterback, Justin Fields, Ryan Pace, the general manager, and Matt Nagy could possibly be gone at the end of the year. Key, who has, what's the better job going forward? Is it the Bears or the Giants and why? Hmm. Pondering here for a second. I think I personally think it's the Giants. I think the Giants are the better wow. job. The Giants got talent on the offensive side of the ball. They got an offensive line that's intact. They got Andrew Thomas, who's pretty good, who's going to get better. Um, they got a running back. If he can stay healthy, it could be one of the best running backs in the league. They got a quarterback that is still the jury, the jury is still out on. They got a plethora of skill position players that make sense. Their defense is not all that bad. I, I think it's the Giants. I do. I like Justin Fields. Outside of Allen Robinson on the offensive side of the ball, Montgomery in the backfield, like what do they really have? You know, Khalil Mack's out for the season. He's getting older. Um, I, I mean, like what, what do they really have out other than the quarterback? The Giants got everything, and the quarterback is still 
good if you know how to coach him up. Okay, what what do the Bears have? The Bears have a top 10 defense, and it has been such since the arrival of Khalil Mack. The Bears have David Montgomery when healthy. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. And they have Justin Fields, who in eight starts, I feel a hell of a lot better about in terms of the upside and the potential than I do with Daniel Jones, who's had 36 starts. Like, to me, you talk about Daniel Jones and what he could be and not knowing that, that scares the hell out of me because it's year three for him. At some point, I should have an idea of what this guy can and cannot do. And it doesn't necessarily strike me as being a franchise quarterback, somebody I want to turn over my team to for the next decade plus. So I feel better about the direction of the Chicago Bears because I feel better about the quarterback and I feel better about the defense. I don't necessarily know what the Giants are. I don't know what their identity is. And beyond that, I'm not sure that you have the quarterback that's in place that's going to allow your team to have sustained success. But see, the identity isn't going to be there anymore. I'm bringing in my own identity. Mm. I'm bringing in me, and I'm mm. bringing in that. I don't have to deal with Joe Judge because it's, remember, what's the Are better job? Are you sure job? about that? What's the better <laughs> job? Not the better coach. It's the better job. So we're assuming, based on that, that these jobs would become available because as of right now, they got head coaches in both spots. But if both of these jobs was on the line, I'm going to take the Giants' job before I take the Bears' job, given the fact that I think that they got pieces in place. The quarterback I can't evaluate fully yet because he will now have three different offensive coordinators and two head coaches in three years. That's a lot to deal with for a young man that running back is not always there is Saquon Barkley. His best year was Saquon's rookie year Uh when Saquon was balling out the way he was balling. So when I start to look at all of that, I'm like, man, you can't – no, uh-uh. No, that's a way better job Well, Key, based on the personnel. What, I hear what you're saying about, but with the quarterback, he can't stop giving the ball away to the other team. And the two picks that we saw against the Bucks on Monday Night Football, the screen pass that nobody knows where he was throwing the ball to, and the other one where he was staring down his receiver, ended up getting tipped by Devin White, and Jamel Dean picked it off. Like, there, there's, a pattern, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Well, we thought we could fix that with Sam Donald, and he's still giving the ball away down with the Carolina Panthers after being him. with Adam Gates. Mm-hmm. All, say- all I'm saying is, Key, when it comes to the quarterback, it's year three, and we still don't know. If I got to keep asking the question, eventually the answer has to be no. And then the other part of this conversation that I think is understated is the involvement in ownership when it comes to football decisions. Because you don't see that with George McCaskey and the brass when it comes to the Chicago Bears. We absolutely see that when it comes to the New York Giants. That's how you end up in a situation where you have a double-digit loss season, the number two overall pick, and you decide to go with a running back because you want to run it back with Eli Manning. That was the beginning of the failed rebuild that the Giants would then go through, which has led to the last five years and having double-digit loss seasons in pretty much each of them. We're still waiting on this year, but it looks like it's going to be another double-digit loss season. So I think that part of it also has to be considered when you start talking about what becomes the best coaching vacancy. Keep going. Keyshawn <laughs> J. Will and Max Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, Freddie Cohen, ESPN Radio, because both of you guys make compelling points in terms of which is the better job going forward, and both of you guys are right. It's not about right now because both of these two are having lost seasons, and especially when 
a quarterback that we all seem to believe in a lot more than the other guy. Keyshawn, you're right about Daniel Jones. It's hard to evaluate him with so much turmoil has happened where he's dealt with this head coach, yeah, that head uh-huh. coach, this mm-hmm. offense coordinator, that offense coordinator, dealing with another one right now. And Justin Fields, even though he's had his struggles, at least the future looks a lot brighter with him. But yeah. if you are the New York Giants. And, and wait, but wait, here, check this out, Freddie. No, go ahead. And I got picks. And I got picks as the Giants' new head coach. I can get more toys if I choose to do so. Okay. From that standpoint. Yeah, those toys, those toys are great. But if you don't have a quarterback, what is that going to equate to? Like, I, I've seen – listen, here's the thing. Justin Fields has struggled as a rookie, but at least I saw that, that second half of that Chicago Bears game where Justin Fields was able to help put up 24 points and come up just short in that game where you don't necessarily see quarterbacks – that have double-digit deficits going up against the Steelers in a primetime game have an opportunity to win that game. So, I mean, I've seen more from Justin Fields in these eight starts that I feel like I have confidence in his potential more so than with Daniel Jones. That's all I'm saying, Key. And the quarterback, to me, is the biggest biggest part of whether or not a job is going to be a good job. Because if you don't have a quarterback as a head coach, you're going to struggle to win in this league. We'll leave it right there. That was pretty good stuff. <laughs> I, that was, I mean, I'm not convinced one way or the other, but I'll give both of you guys credit. Keyshawn thinks the Giants' job is better going forward. Well, on the other side, Chris Candy thinks the Bears' job is better going forward. Where do you stand? Hit us up on Twitter at KeyJMax, part of the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. You also do that as well at Keyshawn and at ChrisCandy99. Which is the better job going forward? Keyshawn thinks the Giants. Chris Candy thinks it is the Bears. Part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max right here on ESPN Radio. Don't forget that House Money KJM is delivered by FanDuel. Get your first bet risk-free when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using promo code KJM. That's promo code KJM. Let's get to Take Your Pick. You've got questions, and we've got options. Take your pick. All right, gentlemen, we got a little take your pick, and we're going to start with the Giants and their quarterback, especially in this situation. Which quarterback has the better game? Is it Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts of the Eagles? Key, where do you stand? I'm going to take Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. I think he has a, a better football game. He's somewhat on a roll right now. In this particular game, he knows that they, they are in contention with the Dallas Cowboys to win the division. He's going to continue to keep growing with Nick Seriano calling the plays on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, he relies on his legs heavily. There's no question about it. But as I tell people all the time, if you take the statistics in the air and you take the ones on the ground and you put them together, it's called all-purpose yardage. And I will take his all-purpose yardage in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm with Keyshawn on this one. I like Jalen Hurts. And Nick Sirianni has finally figured out a way to use him where he can protect him, keep him away from the things that he doesn't do so well, and then he can accentuate his strengths. Having that QB-led run game has led to the resurgence of the Eagles. They've won three of the last four, and they're running totals over those last four games, 236, 176, 216, and 242. So, I mean, listen, this is one of those situations where the Eagles have found something, and I think they're going to ride that all the way to the postseason. So, yeah, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts over Daniel Jones. Okay. As we continue to do a little take your pick, we move on from the New York Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And we have Ben Roethlisberger, the Bengals. Let's say the Bengals quarterback Joe Burr versus Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which quarterback you had the better game between Big Ben and Joe Cool? I, I think Joe Burrow will. I think Joe is is – 
back onto something. You know, they kind of started off hot, and then they hit a little skid there, and they got back hot again against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think when you look at him, given the opportunity and the chance of delivering the football with a banged-up T.J. Watt, that defense for Pittsburgh is nearly not as effective. He'll have the opportunity to climb into the pocket and deliver it down the field to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. That's something that they like to do, mix things up with Joe Mixon. Ben Roethlisberger is at the end. They're not asking him to do a whole lot. So when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, Joe Burrow will have the better game. Roethlisberger is at the end, but I think he found something at the end of that Sunday night primetime game against the Chargers where they scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. And so I'm hoping that they can build on that. So I would lean toward Mike Tomlin and that defense being able to come up with a couple of takeaways against that Bengals offense and exploit that Bengals offensive line, and then Ben Roethlisberger being able to capitalize on short fields and extra possessions. So I'm going to go with Roethlisberger over Joe Burrow. Green Bay taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have lost two in a row. The Green Bay Packers trying to bounce back after losing the Minnesota Vikings last weekend. Matthew Stafford versus Aaron Rodgers, Key. Take your pick on court's quarterback. We'll have the better game. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. When you look at Matthew Stafford in these type of situations, going on the road – in a hostile environment, bad weather conditions, leaving a dome isn't a good thing. There is no Robert Woods in the lineup. We saw the Rams struggle last week when Robert was not in the lineup. Yes, they acquired OBJ, and they're going to try to get him involved in the offense this time around, but he is certainly not Robert Woods in terms of what they want to do. He'll certainly add something to it, but again, you're looking at a team and saying to yourself, we now got to go on the road, throwing the ball down the field like Sean McVay wants to do in a hostile environment with bad weather, something that they are not accustomed to doing when Aaron Rodgers is. And I know Aaron Rodgers just lost to a divisional rival at on the road in Minnesota in a tough situation, but it wasn't like it was on Aaron Rodgers, even though he threw the pick at the end. Freddie, it better be Matt Stafford. Aaron Rodgers has the, the messed up toe. He's got an offensive lineman in Elton Jenkins that he lost for the season with a torn ACL. No David Bakhtiari. Like, it, it absolutely better be Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is coming off of his two worst games of the season where he threw multiple picks in each of them, which resulted in instant points for the opposing team. And they're coming off of a bye week. And this is why Sean McVay traded for Matt Stafford, to be able to have a chance to match up in games like this. Remember how they lost in the divisional round to the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau before with Jared Goff? Matt Stafford is supposed to be the answer for the Rams in order to get them to have that kind of breakthrough. So it better be Matt Stafford, and if it doesn't happen now for this team, then when is it going to happen? Yeah, no, no doubt about that. A little take-your-pick when involving the quarterback matchups for Week 12 in the NFL here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. He's Keyshawn Johnson and Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman. We move on to the, Phil- the, the Indianapolis Colts, excuse me, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carson Wentz still in my mind is an Eagles quarterback. My mistake on that one. But they've been playing really well lately, the Colts, and we know Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to be ready. Keyshawn, the pick that a quarterback is going to have the better game between Brady and Carson Wentz is who? I think it's going to be, believe it or not, I think it's going to be Carson Wentz. I think he'll have a better game than Tom Brady because of Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor will allow him to have the success. Not being able to run the football but run the attempts up is huge for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, look, Tom Brady's not going to have a bad game. I just think that Carson Wentz is going to have a better football game because he will have easy throws stick the ball in the belly of Jonathan Taylor pull it out play action pass take advantage of guys trying to clog the eight and nine man box because really when you think about it 
Michael Pittman Jr. is a, ver- a, a number one wide receiver for Indianapolis. Who do they like to get the ball to? Michael Pittman. So we're going to see Carson Wentz play better than we've seen him ever play because of what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to say Tom Brady just because the Bucks are going to give Tom Brady more opportunities to impact the game. They drop back over 70% of the time, and they're going up a pa- against a pass defense that has given up the second-most passing touchdowns in the NFL. So I-, I think that the path to victory for the Colts involves Jonathan Taylor touching the ball 25 to 30 times. I don't know how many opportunities Carson Wentz is going to have to have a uber-productive day. So I'm going with Tom Brady just because I think the game script for the Colts in order to have a chance in this game is going to dictate that Jonathan Taylor has more, more of an opportunity than he does. New England Patriots winners of five in a row, taking on the Tennessee Titans, who had an unexplainable loss to the Texans last week. Ryan Tannehill versus Mac Jones. Key, which quarterback will have the better game? I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones will have a better football game because he's in the right situation. He's in a situation that will allow him to succeed with Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick. They found their groove. They will go to 5-0 and straight games now. They have an opportunity to stay in front of the Buffalo Bills. They see them twice. They'll play each other for the division. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with Ryan Tannehill except there's no Derrick Henry in the backfield. And when there's no Derrick Henry in the backfield and you are now forced to throw the football with no Julio Jones and just A.J. Brown, you're not going to win very many football games. Yeah, I hate to agree with Keyshawn, but it's going to be Mac Jones. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is be one-dimensional going up against a Bill Belichick coach defense, especially this defense that gives me 2001 Patriots vibes. Like at every level of the defense, you got that level of playmakers. So – yeah, it could be a rough day for Tennessee and that, 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 that offense coming off of a rough game that they had against the Texans last week where Tannehill threw three picks in the last 12 minutes. So completely co-signed with everything that Key said. Mac Jones will have a better game. The old versus the new when you got the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan and the new in J- Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Key, take your pick. Quarterback that's going to have the better game is who? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a veteran in this league, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguar team, just trying to get a win, just trying to learn how to play professional football. Matt Ryan is Matty Ice. He didn't have a great game a week ago against the Dallas Cowboys, but I, I believe that he will take care of business. I've seen this man play in many years now, and I know that he has the ability. Kyle Pitts has the ability. They can get things done. I believe it is him. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan in this one as well, going up against that Jaguars defense. And, For Atlanta, Matt Ryan throwing over 300 yards is their path to victory. He's done it four times this season. They've won three of those games. So it'll be Matt Ryan. Kirk Cousins having a terrific season that no one wants to admit or talk about as a Minnesota Vikings quarterback against Jimmy Garoppolo, part of his last year, the San Francisco 49ers, before he seeks life elsewhere and he has no choice. Should be a very interesting game involving the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers key. Which quarterback will have the better game? Kirk Cousins will have the better game. And, and look, Kirk Cousins has been playing this way it's, it, it, ever since he's been in Minnesota. He's been a good quarterback for Minnesota during the regular season. Part of his problem is he can't win the big games. Those are his issues. His issues isn't can he quarterback a team and be a starter. Yes, he can, but he has not taken it to the next level. He's solid, he's sound, and he's overpaid in most people's minds. Key, this feels like a wild card elimination game. And so I'm going to lean on Kirk Cousins, man, because 
he's got Adam Thielen and he's got Justin Jefferson. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Debo Samuel or George Kittle, but, I mean, those dudes are on another level right now. That's, that's one of the best receiving tandems, if not the best receiving tandem in all of football. So I'll roll with that, not to mention having Dalvin Cook in the backfield to lean on. I'll roll with Kirk Cousins having a better game over Jimmy G. And last but not least, Cleveland Browns are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland Lamar Browns. Jackson. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, do I even, even need to ask this question? This Look, Lamar Jackson. Game? Okay, so that's it, right? You too, Chris Caddy. Do I need to ask this question? I hate I hate agreeing with Key, but yes, yeah, Lamar Jackson, man. Okay. Yeah, well, Why you hate agreeing with me? I hate agreeing with you, man. I, hate I mean, Baker Mayfield. You started, you started I mean, the beef just, with your you know. Saints take. So I, ever since then, I just want to disagree <laughs> with you on everything that you said. I didn't start no beef. All I said was the Saints can get the two to three seed mm-hmm. at the time they was playing with Jameis Winston. Since then, they have, don't have Jameis. They fell completely apart. That's all. I'm just saying they didn't. Ain't no right or wrong. After Jameis got hurt. No, I did not. Jameis got hurt. I am not We got to go to the record. We got to go to the record. I know. Listen, I know we got to get to a break, but we're going to have to go to the record. We got to go to the record. You know, I said nothing like that after Jameis got hurt. He was talking cash money when Trevor Simeon beat the Bucs, and they lost every single game since. The best part about this is both of you guys are not letting go, letting go of that or backing up when it comes to who said what or when he said it from that standpoint. Great stuff by Keyshawn Johnson and Chris Candy and Freddie Coleman, part of Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. And don't forget about college football. The action continues to heat up in the final regular season weekend before a playoff weekend next weekend. Tune in tomorrow's Virginia will host Virginia Tech in the Commonwealth game. I'm sure Chris Kennedy will be looking at that as a Virginia graduate. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Like I mentioned, anytime a guest stops by to hang out with us, they're here thanks to the Goodyear hotline. So all three home teams lost yesterday part of Thanksgiving Day football in the NFL. But this team and their loss at home hurt the most. That's next on KJM on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm on Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, I'm Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn, J. Will, 
and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and 6XM Channel 80. Anytime a guest talks about to hang out with us, they're here. Thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. Always good to talk ball. I'm at Edward, ESPN NFL Report. He is ready to talk about the Cowboys and their recent past that has not been good and their future, which they hope is going to look a lot better. And we heard Mike McCarthy, what the Cowboys coach Edward said about the penalties, and he said you can write whatever you want. He was not going to comment on it. How much of what you saw yesterday, Ed, was due to the Cowboys' lack of discipline or tight officiating? Well, it, it was an overly officiated game. I don't think anybody wants to watch that kind of game, especially considering the viewership that the Cowboys' Thanksgiving game gets. Um, you know, I mean, 28 penalties on the two teams. Now, I thought it was interesting that uh, Mike McCarthy said before the game that he met with the players the night before, as he always does, and he warned them uh, about the way he thought this game would be officiated because you look at it and you have Sean Hockley's crews entered the game uh, with the fifth most penalties in the league uh, and the third most penalty yards, and then you consider the Cowboys ranked fourth behind the Panthers, Browns, and Lions in penalties assessed and that the Raiders were only two spots below them. So you know there's a potential there for a lot of fouls to be called because both teams engage in that kind of, they play the game that way. And the officials call out this crew calls a lot of penalties, but I still think nobody could have imagined that those factors would lead to what we saw 14 penalties assessed against each team. When all season long, only one team had had a 14 penalty game. Cowboys have played football for 61 years and never had 166 yards in penalties. Anthony Brown gets called for defensive pass interference four times, the third player in a century to have four such calls against him in a single game. Came into the game the first 10 weeks, he had one, one defensive pass interference. Uh, but I thought the most ridiculous call was the, the one against Micah Parsons for roughing uh, Derek Carr when he simply stood there as Carr fell yeah. into his legs and hit his helmet against his thigh pad. And, you know, kind of felt bad for Micah Parsons after the game because he was like, how are we supposed to play defense like this? We, you know, what am I supposed to do in that situation? And he thought it really took away from the ability of the defense to be aggressive. And I thought the funniest thing of all was Jerry Jones after the game saying, you know what, we should have done what the Raiders did. Like, in retrospect, we should have changed our game plan and just started heaving the ball 40 yards down the field looking for our calls. Um, but it was very consistent with and compatible with the Raiders' approach in terms of the vertical passing game and either making the play or getting the call. Yeah, turn turn your head and you will yeah. not – you know, all you got to do is turn his head and he wouldn't have been in that position. Yeah, the, the, the last foul was definitely – that's going to get called every time. Every you know, single Brown had zero. And why, why on third and 18 you're playing man in that situation and you know he's going to get targeted mm-hmm. – um, Another questionable decision, I think, uh, by Dan Quinn, who's otherwise done an outstanding job with the defense this year. Ed, should the Cowboys, having dropped three of the last four, should they start to, like, I don't know, get nervous about the division? Let alone, they're not, as far as I'm concerned, they're not getting into the the uh, bye anymore. That's over with the number one seed. But should they start worrying about mm-hmm. the division? Well, I think they've certainly, with the way they played the last – month losing three out of four in consecutive games for the first time um they've definitely now allowed the eagles who have been playing better and winning and even washington to entertain the idea of now you know we still have games against the cowboys coming up so we control our own fate now to a certain extent in this division where a couple weeks ago we didn't think that was possible because the cowboys had this three enormous three and a half game lead over everybody in the division 
and that's quickly disappearing. So, you know, if, if Washington and, and Philly win again this week, then, yeah, I think the Cowboys do have to feel a little bit, you know, unnerved about the proceedings. And, you know, you look at the fact that their next three games are on the road. They don't play at home again until the night after Christmas when they play Washington. So, yeah, the whole division could be upside down by the time they get another home game. Let me ask you this real quick. What if they don't win the division? What what, what will happen in Dallas to Jerry and Mike McCarthy? Good question. Good question. Uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of conjecture because I don't think that that's going to happen. I do think the Cowboys will win the division. I mean, they are still 7-4. and four. Um, you know, they, they've played 10 games without Demarcus Lawrence, their best pass rusher. They've played four games without Randy Gregory. They've played two games without Amari Cooper and a game and a half now without CeeDee Lamb. I mean, you're, they were missing all four of those guys yesterday. And, I, and you know, Keith, I don't make, I don't make excuses for the Cowboys. Um, you and I seldom disagree or seldom agree with anything we said to each other in the locker room during the time of the year. <laughs> so you probably have a completely different opinion. And Chris, Chris Candy could probably say the same thing. Um, <laughs> But I just think that, uh, you know, they're going to go play the Saints, and, yeah, the Superdome can be a tough place to play, but it's not what it was. And the Saints will have a lot of guys coming back from in the injury list as well. But I just think, you know, the Cowboys have, have, have done it well managing their injuries to this point. Obviously, it's sort of they couldn't overcome it yesterday. They might have if they had played a cleaner game or anything approximating it uh, played well. Um, but they do have a lot of player good players who play important positions who are coming back. And I think that sort of reassures them um, that they're going to be able to take the necessary corrective measures and get back to winning on a consistent basis. Ed, one of the things that I thought was noteworthy coming out of post-game talk around the Cowboys was Ezekiel Elliott's injury. Jerry Jones said the plan was to get Tony Pollard 25 touches. Now, I think he got 14 touches within the structure of the offense, had the 100-yard kickoff return. What ends up happening yep. between uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard as far as their role and how they're going to split touches moving forward? Well, you know, um, it, it's interesting that point because, you know, I asked Dak Prescott about the fact that they've lost the balance that they demonstrated early in the year that made them impossible to stop because they were so good in, in the passing game and so dominant in the running game when they chose to be or when the defense presented that opportunity that, that they could still succeed on offense no matter what the defense committed to taking away. And that really hasn't been the case because they went into Kansas City last week uh, without, obviously, Amari uh, Cooper, and their goal was to dominate in the running game and establish that. And same thing again yesterday without both the receivers. They wanted to come in and run the ball, and they couldn't do it in either game. And if you, if you look at what's happened to Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he's been managing – a knee injury. He was asked about it by me and others this week. He downplayed the significance of it, uh, said that there was no conversation whatsoever with the coaches about taking the week off. But I wonder if that's not in play now. I think we have no idea how injured Ezekiel Elliott may be. I mean, Jerry Jones said after the game he was limited. Mike McCarthy described him as struggling. Just look at his numbers. He's, the last four games, he's gone from 51 rushing yards, which is next to nothing for a two-time former NFL rushing champion, to 41 yards, to 32 yards, to 25 yards yesterday. I mean, he, it's diminishing returns in the running game. And so you wonder now if they don't consider doing something, taking a different approach with Elliott 
and, and giving him maybe the next game off, and that gets him almost three weeks of rest before the, the following game. If whatever the medical diagnosis actually is, uh, you know, if rest can accommodate and improve the situation, you wonder if they might consider that now. ESPN NFL reporter Ed Word on Keyshawn J. Will and Max and ESPN Radio. Ed, real quick, we'll let you get out of here for the weekend. We know that they're going to get C.D. Lamb back. They were being cautious with him yesterday. They're going to get back next Thursday versus the Saints. What about Amari Cooper? Yeah, I think uh, Amari Cooper should clear the COVID protocols at some point middle of the week. They have a Thursday game at New Orleans, so I don't know how much he'll get to practice. I, my sense is that his, um, his experience with COVID, he has not been terribly ill with it. Uh, obviously, it was interesting to me that Jerry Jones sort of criticized his decision not to get vaccinated by, you know, making the point that, well, if he had if he had been vaccinated, he wouldn't have been getting tested every day and he wouldn't have been probably been found out to have COVID so close to the Kansas City game uh, 48 hours before kickoff. They lost him. But I do think they, they expect that he'll be back at practice at some point this week and that he'll be available to play against the Saints uh, next Thursday night. I always appreciate you, Ed, despite the fact that you and Keisha never agreed on anything, man. Enjoy the weekend, all right? Well, Ed has all those long lead-ins, man, so you got to, you know. Oh, really? I'm trying to limit how many questions you can ask me by giving extravagant long answers <laughs> to the questions I am asked. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. It's have a strategy, Keith. Yeah. It's a strategy. Yeah, that's right. Oh, part right, of strategy. That's right. you got to strategize, no doubt. Ed, I also appreciate you, brother. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. See ya. Uh-huh. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends, and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 100 times times your money money. with as little as four correct picks you can turn ten dollars into one thousand dollars demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts and as always prize picks is really simple to play you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds they even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured 
quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, and Freddie Coleman of Key J and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as TuneIn, presented by Progressive Insurance. Always hit us up on Twitter. Love to see what you have to say. At Keyshawn, that's Key's handle, at Chris Canty 99 that's Chris's handle, and my handle at Coleman ESPN. It's time for all of you to be heard right now, part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888 who needs a win most in Week 12 of the National Football League? 888-729-3776. Andrew in North Carolina, who is that team, and why do they need that win in Week 12? You know what, man? I think it's got to be my Carolina Panthers because they're at least two or three spots out for the playoffs. This is our third week coming on with uh, Cam Newton in that offense, and he's got he's got to have to play with down somewhat by now i would think he you can weigh in on that uh but i i think he's gotta have to play it with down some and uh we're still in the running for a playoff spot and so i think we gotta have a win yeah. because we're just coming off the loss of a team that doesn't even have a name and uh <laughs> and now we gotta get a win against the miami yeah. dolphins who were looking to get rid of their quarterback a couple weeks ago yeah it, it look here here's the deal andrew it, what I would say is the Carolina Panthers are in the mix. Cam Newton's two straight weeks now. He'll be the starter. He'll get all the first team reps. The first week against Arizona, they mixed in a handful of plays that he knew that he could probably run blindfolded. And the better thing for them right now is to get him the reps now as the starting quarterback for the second week in a row. They're going up against the Miami Dolphins. They got a really good football team. They just ran out of time against the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. A couple bad mistakes in the game, and then they ran out of time. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, they, they, they should be fine. But this Miami Dolphins team has won three games in a row, and that defense got seven turnovers over that span. So this could be one of those lookout spots for Carolina, but they absolutely got to get a win. Gentlemen, how interesting is it that going into this season, no one in that organization in Miami seemed to want to a tongue of Iloa, no matter what he's done. Six and three last year, the starting quarterback finally gets in there. And going into this season, they liked him, but did not like him like him. And it looks like they're going to move on from him once this season is over. Well, I don't know if they are, but they they certainly – look, whenever you are dancing, flirting around, looking at something different, <laughs> that's probably because you're not satisfied with what you have. Mm-hmm. And they're not satisfied with what they have. And until such, until such due time that something comes along better, they're going to keep looking. And I'm not a Tua fan. I'm a Justin Herbert guy. I never thought Tua at Alabama was going to amount to much as an NFL quarterback is early in his career you can't write him off but I certainly would have drafted Justin Herbert before I would have Tua to the Miami Dolphins they got it wrong I think they know it but it's hard to admit it no doubt Corey in New York which NFL team needs a win most in week 12 and why hey Keyshawn hey Corey Hey, uh, I got four teams that need a win this weekend. Four. Wow, uh, that to be good. W- yeah. My one team is the Jets. They have to win to keep his confidence up. <laughs> and my other three are the Bucks have to win to keep pace of the top seed. The Seahawks need to win to try to get into the playoffs or 
Wilson just needs to win it. And my four team, it's a college team, Michigan. They have to beat the big guy in the house. Michigan needs to win. He got all four in quickly and promptly. Well done by Corey in New York, by the way. Yeah, I might agree with two out of the four, but I I don't understand how the Jets have to get a win because yeah. their season is pretty done. much a wrap. They're just trying to develop players at this point. Like, I don't, I don't get that one. No, as so a Jets Y'all going to have to help me. And Seattle is not getting into the playoffs. Like, Seattle, it's going to be a wrap. They're going to have their first losing season in the Russell Wilson-Pete Carroll era. So, yeah, I don't see that happening. As a Jets fan, though, Chris, I kind of see it. Like, Zach Wilson has watched Mike White win a football game. He's watched this offense play better against the Indianapolis Colts with Mike White and Josh Johnson in there. He's seen this team make some strides offensively. If he comes in and they can't move the ball and do anything creative offensively, that's going to really hurt his confidence. It's going to hurt this team going forward. I kind of see what he's saying about the Jets needing a win with Zach Wilson coming back after a four-game absence. Uh, all right, maybe, it's maybe not you about, do. I, I, they don't need to I, I just don't. Like, I mean, they, they, the Jets have nobody else to play quarterback right now because of the COVID situation with Joe Flacco and Mike White. I mean, Josh Johnson's going to have to serve as the backup. Zach Wilson will have plenty of other opportunities. They got more games left in this season. Wait, the Jets I don't necessarily look at this as a must win. Well, they had to. Josh Johnson was on the practice squad. They had to elevate oh. him oh, because, okay. because Joe okay. Flacco, yeah. Mike White tested positive, Joe Flacco unvaccinated, mm. became yeah. close contact. And Joe okay, I, I mean, I knew about the, the, the close contact vaccinating all next. the COVID stuff, but I didn't realize they have four in the building. Yep, exactly. That's when you know you're a bad team. you got four quarterbacks in the building, and you play Hello. all four of them. You have four you quarterbacks, and you still don't have one. Yeah. Most teams don't play four quarterbacks in a decade. The Jets have played four quarterbacks in one year so far in 2021. David and Richmond, what NFL team needs a win most in Week 12 and why? Gentlemen, I think it's the Miami Dolphins. I think we have to still figure out if two is going to be the answer. And my question out there is this. Same time when somebody uh, gets fires a coach or gets rid of a quarterback, who are you going to get in return? Where are you going to go get one? My, uh, Washington's looking at the same thing. Uh, so I think we need to go ahead and give Tua all the chances to audition and stay with the game team if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it but we have too small of a sample so we need to start, continue to win this weekend yeah well, I, I, well I, part of Washington's... why you have a small sample is because two has been hurt i mean you're talking about him missing 10 games going back to lat going back to his rookie season in this year so i, I mean you say you got to give two a chance but the dolphins have openly flirted with deshaun watson and watson has let it be known he'd waive his no trade clause for the miami dolphins so whenever his legal situation gets cleaned up the Dolphins and Deshaun Watson are probably going to make that happen. Two is just the quarterback for now until that gets done. Yeah, I would I would say that he's probably the quarterback till it gets done. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah. you know, in the end, he's a. I think he could be in a good situation somewhere else. But when they have reservations about you and they start flirting with other people, that means they don't like you. Yeah, and if you're, <laughs> yeah. If you're flirting with a guy that still hasn't settled twenty two lawsuits, that tells me all I need to know about. Tua Tungabailoa in Miami, if you're willing to do that if you're Miami. If they could have brought him into the trading deadline to Sean Watson and gotten away from 22 lawsuits, they would have done it and not even thought about it from that standpoint. Gentlemen, this was a blast, man. You guys have a great weekend, okay? Always yes, a it's a blast. Thank you for oh, joining us, man. <laughs> See what we put up with each and every time. Keyshawn will be back in force with Max and also with J. Will on Monday. Have a great weekend. This has been Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on the mighty ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.